Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. How, how many of you ever had a broken bone? Yeah. Mike said 30 of them. Wow. The hair bone broke for sure. Man, I love that guy. I, I've given him grief now for a lot of years. <laughs> How many have broken more than one bone at one time? Yeah? Um, how many of you ever had a cut that you had to get stitches? Right? Um, kitchen or alley? Some of you are like, yes, both. Gunshot. Anybody gunshot in the room? A couple of you. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, gun safety. <laughs> This is the booger finger that goes on the bang stick, right? Keep the booger finger off the bang stick. It, re- it helps. It really does. Uh, how many of you know wounds, wounds take some time to heal, right? I've got stitches in my left knee. I just had surgery a week and a half ago, and I get them out on Tuesday, and I'm glad to get my stitches out on my knee. I had knee surgery, and I'm, it's feeling really good, but it's taking some time to heal, you know? I can't do today what I could do when I was 12. <laughs> wounds take, a to- take time to heal, but, but, but wounds come in a variety of ways. And sometimes wounds from a friend are the hardest wounds. They're the hardest to overcome. Wounds from family, wounds from friends, wounds from people that we, that we really, really love and care about deeply. And, and I want to I talk to you this morning about how God heals our hidden wounds. Because a lot, of t- a lot of the wounds that we have aren't hidden, right? If you cut yourself, that's an open wound. That's a, something, it's visible. It's, 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 it's something that you can take care of. I mean, there, there's a flesh wound. If you stitch it up. If you put ice on it, it the, the swelling will subside. If you, if you, whatever you need to do, you can kind of handle it, right? But a hidden wound, a wound of the heart, a wound, a wound down deep, a wound that causes ongoing grief and pain, those kind of things, they cause us the most amount of pain than all other wounds. Some of you in this room, you have wounds of abuse. Many of you have memories of abandonment. Um, Some of you have memories of ridicule or shame, that people intentionally shamed you. You were intentionally ridiculed or hatred or prejudice or whatever it is is, that's just evil and it's not right. Um, You don't have to talk to very many people to find out two things. One, everybody, everybody has a hidden wound. I want you to understand that. There's not a person that you're seated by this morning that doesn't identify with what I'm talking about this morning. Everyone has some hidden wounds. You may be masking it, but everyone's got them, right? And the second thing I've learned is that those emotional things, those, those hidden wounds, they take longer to heal than physical ones. Take a lot longer. Some people battle those things for years. See, the very, very, you see this very clearly in people who, who, who go to war and they return. They return, return wounded. 
Many times their body's wounded, but more than that, it's what's happened on the inside of them. Psychologically, right? It's the, it's, it's the battle that it continues to exist long after they're home. People that go through trauma, people that go through neglect and abuse, the things that I've talked about. I've told you before, you know, psychologists will tell us, they've, they've done studies on children, children that are taken from homes of abuse, children that were, were horribly beaten as, as, as kids. They, they recover a lot faster than people that were abandoned. The wounds of abandonment, which sometimes we don't, we don't categorize the same because it's not, there's no visible. Come on, everyone. There's nothing visible. You can't see the active wound that is there, the hurt that exists. But abandonment is even harder to overcome. The, the issue is most of the time physical, physical beatings are often in conjunction with abandonment. Even if they're not left alone, they feel alone. Right? Because who would do that? Um, the good news, obviously, is that, is that Jesus wants to heal us. We celebrated Easter last week, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. He didn't come just to provide forgiveness to our sin, but he, he went to the cross to pay for the healing that we could have in him. Amen? the ultimate healing that we can have in him. The things that are broken can be restored. That if he created this body, he can redeem it and restore it even while we're alive. Come on, everybody. And so you may be, some of you this morning may be masking the hurt that you have. And I'm here to tell you, I believe God brought you here today to help you begin a process of healing. And there's, guys, listen, Jesus really does love you. He loves you enough. He doesn't want to leave you in your forgiven state, but broken. Right? I know far too many Christians that live forgiven, but broken. And we need to be healed. So in Exodus chapter 15, the word, the word of God says, I am, I am Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the God who heals. I'm the God who heals. The Bible says in Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages up their wounds. Well, pastor, how does he do that? Well, this morning I want to I look. Let's look at some steps in the healing process, okay? When you look at the life of Jesus, when you look at his life, he healed a lot of people. He healed a lot of physical things. He healed emotional wounds, right? Healed emotional wounds. The, the woman at the well was an emotional healing, right? We see it. We witness it in Scripture. We, we see him heal all kinds of people. But there's patterns and there's principles in how Jesus went about healing people. And they come up over and over again as he dealt with people's needs all through Scripture. They don't always go in this order, but you can find all of these things I want to talk about this morning in God's process of healing. So I, I, in no particular order, number one, okay, write these in your notes. The first step I would say in the healing process is I, I have to reveal my hurt I have to reveal my hurt if I keep it concealed listen you're never going to you're never going to get well until you face the feelings head on are you with me 
The Bible talks about the problem of keeping things inside and not talking about them. Psalm 39, I kept very quiet, but I became even more upset. I became very angry inside, and I thought about it. And as I thought about it, my anger burned. It just burned within him, right? The hidden wounds, when you try to stuff stuff down, when you push it aside, when you don't deal with it today, I want you to understand, everything costs you something, it always costs you more tomorrow. Okay? It always costs you more tomorrow. So we need to, we need to understand this. When, when you try to do that, those things fester, they, 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 and pushing, pushing hurt aside, okay, to get rid of it, it doesn't, it doesn't get rid of it, it makes it worse. It makes it worse. The Bible says, when, when I kept things to myself, I felt weak. I felt deep inside of me. I moaned all day long, is what Scripture says. All day long. How many of you have had those days? Right? Some of you have had months and years like that. Right? Where it's just like, ugh. I, I, emotionally, I'm just not where I could be. Right? God wants to heal those things. Guys, it's because we live in a sinful world. People abuse other people. Right? And I have no doubt that many of you have had that abuse in some sort of fashion from someone else. And sadly, we've been part of that abuse for others. You realize that? We've actually hurt people. Don't be a person that's just a constant victim. Come on. You've wounded other people too. Learn from that. See what you've done. Own it and grow from it, right? And so uh, we, we do all sorts of things in our, in our culture today to, to kind of move past the wound. People try to hide it, right? People try to hide it. How do they hide it? They get drunk, right? Get stoned. Hello? I mean, why not? It's legal now. Careful. Better watch it, Pastor Derek. I'll get mad at you. It's all right. I'm here to be your pastor, not your friend. Go to the bar for a friend if you want a friend. What do we do? Deeper involvement in work. Just pour our life into that. I'd ignore or, or kind of push aside the other things. Come on, everybody. Abuse all sorts of things in our lives, like hobbies. All sorts of things. So some people try to ignore it. They, they try to pass it off to somebody else. They try to blame others. Some people try to cover up their abuse. So for some reason, we, we feel guilty. We feel guilty, and we think, we think that it's our own fault. We, we, we don't want anyone else to know, so we push it aside. We push it down. Come on. 
Some of you right now, you're like, I deal with, I deal with it in some of those ways that you talked about because that's the only way to deal with it. No, you can be healed. What are you seeking? Healing is available to you. But you got to be honest. Some of us, we eat our feelings. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Don't you dare talk about that one, Pastor Derek. Look at me, look at me. I can from personal experience. I'm friends with donuts of all colors. Right, I'm no respecter of donuts. I eat them all. Right? We got to be honest with ourselves. Right? We got to be honest. I think, I think we need three different people in our lives in this area that we have to be honest with. Number one, yourself. You got to be honest with yourself. You've got to own up to whatever it is. Got to own up to it. This is, this is a reality for me. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. It's reality to me. Second, you've got to own it. You've got to be honest to God. You have to be honest. You've got to say, God, this is how I feel. Let it all out. Listen to me. He can take it. You've had friends in your life that couldn't take it. God can take whatever you can dish out, I promise. I promise you he can. Okay? It's not going to surprise God when you're honest with him about the pain in your life. He's not going to be like, well, I would have never thought. Right? He's like falling off his throne. No, he's not. He knows. He knows about the pain. He knows about the shame. You're not going to surprise him. He knows. Third thing you got to do is be honest with at least one person that you trust. Not Facebook. Tell somebody but not the world wide web. Right? Tell somebody you trust. You can't trust social media with all your junk. There's a lot of people out there that don't like you. Hello? Some of you are like, I'm shocked that he said that they wouldn't like me. They didn't like Jesus, man. If they didn't like Jesus, they're surely not going to like me some days. Right? I mean, he was straight up healing people, taking care of them, providing lunch for them. He he gave fish baskets away like crazy. Right? You got to be honest with at least one person. That you trust, you got to tell somebody. Listen, there's something about revealing what's going on. You know that? There's just something about it that's healing. It's, it begins a process of, of healing. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing, right? The Bible says in Job 18, verse 4, you're only hurting yourself with your anger. Right? What was he doing? He's keeping it to himself, just bottling it up, right? When you stuff it down, that's what's going on. 
You're hurting you. You're hurting you. Step two, step two in the process is this. Release those who've hurt me. i got to release the people that have hurt me. Right? You can't get well as long as you're harboring resentment. You're not going to get over it. Right? For your own sake, you've got to get, to, 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 you, you get out of the, the right to be right. You've got to let go of that. Right? The fact is this. You only have a certain amount of emotional energy in your life, and you're going to spend it somewhere. Right? One of the most difficult decisions you've got to make is this. Do I want to get well, or do I want to get even? That's the question you have. Do I want to be well, or do I want to be even? It's your, it's your call. You can be well, or you can be even. But you can't be both. Well, they should pay for that. Come on, how many of you know somebody's got to pay? Yep, he did. Right? We celebrated the resurrection last week. He paid. How many of you here are glad he paid for you? Yes. Yes. I'm certainly glad that I I don't have to pay for all those times I've emotionally hurt other people. Right? Now, you're, you're going to have to decide. What, what do you want here? And this is where people want both. I want to be right and I... I want to get even, right? Listen to me. You don't have the emotional energy to do both. And people that try are old, hateful, lonely people. Lonely. Because they put it on everybody. Everybody's going to pay if that person can't. And Lord forbid that person die before they pay. Because now everybody's going to pay. Come on. No. Let go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold back anymore. Right? Right? Mm. Let, me, let me give you a little secret. Getting even will not, it won't take away your pain. You've tried that and it didn't work. You're now more angry than you were when it all started. So it hadn't worked yet. Why is it going to start working now? Right? Some of you are like, I wish I would have gone to a different church today. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> Smile at me. <laughs> There's emotional pain here. Forgive me when you leave. Maybe before. <laughs> Hello? There's one way to get rid of hurt in your heart when somebody hurts you. One way. It's forgiveness. You've got to learn how to forgive. You say, but, but they don't deserve to be forgiven. How many of you have those people in your life that don't deserve to be forgiven? I have all, all the things up, right? I have a lot of people in my life that do not deserve to be forgiven. The top of the list is me. Come on. I'm at the top of that list. 
I do not, but you say, but, but they, they don't deserve it. You're right. Neither did you, but God forgave you anyway. Neither did her, but God forgave her anyway, right? By not offering forgiveness to that person, it's that, that unforgiveness is still controlling your life. It's controlling more than you will ever understand, okay? You, you, Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19 says, Never pay back evil for evil. Never. Don't do it, right? Neither avenge yourself. Leave that to God. I want you to circle that in your notes. Leave that to God. I need to do what? I need to leave that to God. For he said he will repay those who deserve it. Those that deserve it, God will repay them. The reason we get in such a mess is we forget that God saw the hurt when it happened. God saw the hurt when it was done to us. So we think we have to take matters into our own hands, and it's our duty to settle the score. It's not. It's not your duty. God says, I will settle the score. I know all the intricacies of what took place in that moment, and I will take care of it. Psalm 56, verse 8, you, God, have kept a record of all my tears, all the pain. All the struggle, all the heartache. Oh, God, you, you have kept a record. He's, he's going to settle the score one day. He's a God of justice. He's a God of justice. Jesus clearly understands abuse. He, he was abused brutally. So I'm going to suggest we do what he did, right? 1 Peter 2, 23, when Jesus suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God. God, I'm going to leave my hands, my case in your hands. You know what's going on. You've read the file. You got the paper, right? God, you know. You know. You know what's going on, right? Hmm. Jesus had suffered from many physical wounds when he died. But the deepest wounds in his life were not the physical ones. It for sure was the hidden wounds, the emotional wounds, the betrayal by friends, the walking away. Come on, everybody. It, it, had, to be, it had to be those things. He knew what it was like to be betrayed. He knew what it was like. He knew rejection. He knew hatred. Jesus could have blown, blown them all away in an instant. He stretched out his hands and said, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Right? They don't understand. They don't understand what they're causing. We've got to give away the right to be even. The reality is, is most of us don't want to be even. We want to be way ahead. And because of that, here's what happens. When we're wounded, we do what? We wound other people. We're going to hurt you. Listen, listen to me. If you have people in your life, listen close, that their first reaction when they're hurt is to hurt you, you need to be very careful about that person. You need to be very careful. If their first reaction isn't, 
grief over what they've done, ownership. Instead, they lash out. Listen, all people are, I mean, (laughs) you kick a dog into the corner, he's going to bite you. Let me follow that with this. We're not dogs. So quit getting treated like one. Well, take that. Stop it. Forgive them. If they can't move on, move away. Come on. I'm speaking to somebody right now that was not in here. You got to release the right to be even, okay? Hebrews 12, 15, a bitter spirit is not only bad in itself, but it can poison the lives of many others. That's what I'm talking about. When, when somebody wounds, when we're wounded, oftentimes if we lash out, it is an attempt to get other people on board, on our side. Right? And I, I've, I've said this, but I, it's, it's tr- more true every day. We live in a current culture where if you're not mad at what I'm mad at, we can't be friends. And that's crazy. Come on. That's just, that's nuts. We, we, we got to let that go, okay? So release or forgive those people who have hurt you. Number three, if, if, God, God, if, if, if you want to get well, listen, replace the old recordings with God's truths. Your brain's like a tape recorder. It's recorded every single experience in your, in your five senses that have you, you have experienced. Everything you've smelled, you've seen, heard, touched, tasted, you, it, it's in there. The brain is a powerful, powerful thing. Everything people have said, it's an amazing recording device, okay? It's got it all, the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, come on, the true and the false. It's in there. Here's the problem. Your brain doesn't distinguish between things that are true and that are false. Okay, doesn't distinguish between. Because of that, you need to do what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 12. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? The way you think by, by, renew, by the renewing of your mind. How, how does that change us? How does he transform us? By changing the way we think. When you change the way a person thinks, you'll change the future of their life. Okay? So, how do we do that? Well, I didn't give you all these, but you can write them down. First, you have to pray and say, God, would you, would you heal my memory? Right? Would you heal what I remember? Because I may be remembering the wrong things. I may be remembering false things. I may, I may remember the things that I thought were true that weren't true. How many of you have ever thought something was factual and then you learned later that it wasn't? And you were blown away. You were like, are you kidding me? I was wrong the whole time. Yep. But it's reality to you. Because that's the way you remembered it. Come on. Okay. So you got to pray. You got to ask God, God, would you heal my memories? Those things that, that hurt, those open wounds of my heart. They still hurt. How many of you know they hurt? 
You heal my memories. Let the process of healing be. And number two, you, 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 you need to fill your mind with the word of God. What does God's word say? What does the word of God say? The more you fill your mind with this book, guys, the more you're going to process in a, in, in a way that God is going to heal. Hello? Right? You've got to put the truth of the word of God in your mind. Then the third thing is this. You've got to believe the truth about you. What's true about you? Right? You, you, you've heard somebody say, well, I'm just not, I'm just not very smart. Well, you know they're smart. So you've got to tell them. You can't think that way. You know you're smart. Look at this and look at this and look at this and look at that. You've got to know the truth about you. So what is the truth about you? Ugh. Right? It's not all good. But probably it's better than most of you think. For some of you, it's not near as good as you think. Right? But there's few people that walk around with a giant head. But there's a few. We all know them. Because they've told us how good they are, right? Here's my question. What's God saying about you? What's he said about you? Ephesians 1 verse 4, through what Christ would do for us, there's the key. God decided to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault as we stand before him covered with his love. Covered with his love. This is amazing to me. Psychologists have, have proven over and over the way you see yourself, listen closely to this, your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-respect is largely determined, listen to me, it's largely determined by what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. I'm going to say it again. The way you see yourself tends to be based on what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. So I want to suggest to you that you make Jesus Christ the most important person in your life. Because he's never going to fail you. The question is, is what, you, what are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? What, what somebody lied to you about? Are you going to believe a person that didn't know all the truth? who has their own version of the truth, or are you going to believe what God says about you? It's your choice. You've got to replace the old tapes, the old recordings, with what? With, with the truth of what God says, with the truth of his word, with the truth of his rhema word, right? The truth of his spoken word. We've got to replace what we think with what God says. And then healing can truly, truly happen. Number four, 
If you want to be healed from the hidden wounds of your life, you've got to refocus on the future. Get the attention off the past and onto the plan for your future. God's plan for you. There's, there's three, three steps to refocusing on, on your future. They're all in Job chapter 11. I didn't list them all there for you because I gave you the scripture. I thought you could just circle them in your, in your notes. Job chapter 11, and, and I'm reading here from the Good News Translation. It says, put your heart right. Reach out to God and face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. So first, put your heart right. I got to put my heart right. Circle that. I got to put my heart right, right? That means give up the right to be even. Release those who've hurt me. I got to put, I got to, I got to put things right in right order. Number two, it says reach out to God in, in, in that verse. Circle it, okay? I'm not too creative. I don't, I don't give a lot of points that are mine. I just steal them from scripture. So number two, reach out to God. So just reach out for him, okay? He's the answer. Nothing else is. He's the answer. And then thirdly, face the world again. Right? Face the world. Don't withdraw. Don't pull yourself back into a shell. Resume living. Stop saying I'm a victim. Start saying I'm not a victim anymore. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I've given too much of my life to that. Right? Start looking ahead. Look ahead. And if you do these things, listen, you'll notice what will happen. It says, then all your troubles will fade from your memory. Let me, let me say this before I move forward. If you don't get over it, you'll always remember it. And what you begin, what you, what you constantly remember, what you constantly battle in your head, those are the things that you're, that's going to cause you to want to get even. That's going to want to cause you not to forgive. You're going to hold on to it. I remembered it again, right? And things are powerful, and, and, and all the senses of our life kind of play into this, right? Satan knew what he was doing when he knew how to bring stuff up against us, right? But God gave you the, your five senses as a gift, right? Not so that the enemy could use them against you. So when you hear that song and you remember that place and you remember the wound that happened surrounding that moment, right? There's a song, I won't mention it, but I will never forget. I was leaving work. I was, I was the lawn and garden manager for, for a, a lumber yard one summer, right? I sold flowers to everybody, pieces of sod and right, landscaping timbers and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was not fun, but anyway, it was a job. It provided some income, you know. But I, I left work late on a Saturday night one night because we, we normally close at lunch, but that day we had to, to take inventory. So we stayed, and I was working. It, it was right at dark when I left, and I left work, and I'm, I was in Clovis, and I, I, I left the lumber yard, and I was, I was driving away when a young man who was 18 years old, rolled a Camaro right by the entryway to the lumberyard. He hit a telephone pole, and his car started on fire, and the car was upside down, and I watched him beat on the glass and burn to death. 
and I can hear the radio playing right now. And every time I hear that song, that's what I remember. Here's what's crazy. I've been to weddings where they play that song. Can I tell you something? Probably the only person in the audience at that wedding thought of it differently. That bride and that groom, they had no thoughts about what I was thinking. Our memories are powerful. And they attach to those things that God has given us as a gift. But Satan will use everything against us to bring up things. Come on. To try to tear you down. How do I replace those memories? Well, you got to give it to the Lord. You got you to know that, I mean, that was an accident. It was an accident. The kid blew the, the front right tire on his car. He went off the road. He was a fairly inexperienced driver. He hit the telephone pole. Things happen. We couldn't get him out. We tried. But what I have to do is remember the number of students that came to Christ and salvation at that kid's funeral over the, the horrific sounds and memory of the visions that I currently even still have in my mind right now of what took place in the ditch that day. It's hard. What I'm talking about this morning is not easy but it has to be transformational in your life. If you're going to move on from emotional pain, you've got to release it. You've got to give it to God. You've got to talk to somebody about it. I, I know we live in a day and a time that, that it's, it's, a little more, it's a little more okay to, to like have, have like people to talk to. Listen, I have a counselor. <laughs> I have two. One is the Holy Spirit, and then I have one I pay a bunch of money to. And I personally believe everyone should have somebody like that in their life. That we, when you need to talk, when you need to call somebody, you've got them. Now, you need friends. But again, you need a friend that you can trust. Occasionally, I just need somebody that I can tell anything to, come on, that's been educated in a way that they can take what I, and, and I, by the way, I only use Christian counselors, okay, because the truth of the word of God is the truth above all other truth, okay, well, I can't afford it, you can't afford not to, so how, how am I going to, you, you got to put your heart right Two, it says reach out to God. He's the answer. Nothing else. Then third, you got to face the world again. You, 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 don't, you can't withdraw. You can't just withdraw. You've got to face the world. Start looking ahead. 
Start looking at Proverbs 4.25. Look straight ahead with honest confidence. Don't hang your head in shame. With honest confidence, look forward to the future of your life. You're never going to get well by yourself. If you, if you could have, you would have been well by now. You can't, so you need other people. God placed other people in your life to help you, right? To help you. How, how do you know when you've been healed? When, when, you start, when you start sharing the cure with everybody else, that's when you'll know. That's when you know. Musicians, if y'all could help me. How do, how do you know? How do you know? Thanks, Paul. Number five in your notes, reach out to help others. You need to reach out to help others. If you're not there, you're not healed yet. Come on. You've got to redeem the pain. Allow the Lord to redeem the pain, not, 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 not just in you, but for others. Let's not be selfish with the healing that God has for us. Let's give it away. Let's be conduits, right? For what God has to put in us, it flows into the lives of other people. You've got to use your experiences to help others. It's so beneficial. It's called ministry. It's literally what it is. Well, I, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can minister to people. Well, what most people think ministry is, is doing what I'm doing right now, and that's preaching a sermon. There, this is such a small part of what ministry looks like, right? Ministry is loving people. It's helping people. Listen, every police officer, every fireman, every teacher, I consider a ministry. It's a ministry. Pouring their lives into other people. Caring for other people, right? Health professionals, I consider ministers. They're ministering to people. Come on. Anything you do in life, it could be a ministry, but you've got to be willing to reach out to help other people, not to keep it all for you. Well, God blessed me for me. No, he didn't. He didn't. I promise you he didn't. He blessed you so that you could bless other people. He's, he's touching your life so you can touch other people. Right? And so as we grow, as we learn, as we, as we forgive, as we're forgiven, we understand the value of being forgiven because of how it makes us, how it transforms our life. And in those moments, what can we do? We can give what God has given us. There's nothing like it. Just love it on people. I was humbled this last year. Um, Many of you remember uh, Pastor Kendall Truer, and he was he was our youth pastor for a few years ago. He was our youth pastor, and he he came and he brought a group of students this summer and helped with Kids Blitz, and they did a, they did a fantastic job, right? Kids from Brightmore, and, and, and they they did a they just did an incredible job. And and I remember one night, every night we we met with his group, and he would kind of have some comments for them. And one night he asked me to share a few things and. He was introducing me to his students. And it, it was literally, I think it's the, the greatest compliment I've ever been given. He said, the thing that I learned when I was here at Tucumcari and I was with Pastor Derek and Gail, he said, the thing I learned probably 
that has impacted my ministry more than any anything else is he said, Derek just told me over and over and over again, love them well. Just love them well. Listen to me. If we could love people well, it'll change their life. Because it's different. Come on. How many have been loved with a lot of strings attached? That ain't fun. And you cut all of it away. The love's still there. We've got to learn to reach out and help other people. It's it literally, it is ministry. How in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, God comforts us every time we have trouble. So when others have trouble, can comfort them with the same comfort that God has given to us. Some of you this morning, there's pain in your heart. There's pain in your life because of wounds that continue to exist. Can I just tell you, you can be healed. You can be healed. But it's too fresh. It's too soon. No, it's not too fresh. I want to recall your memory back to what we celebrated last week at Easter when Jesus rose from the grave. But right before that, when he's on the cross, I've already mentioned it today. They're literally at his feet. He's hanging on the cross. They're screaming, they're shouting, they're spitting on him. They've plucked his beard. They shoved a, a spear into his side. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They're mocking him publicly. And he turns his face to his father and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What if we had a moment just like that in our lives? Or we take this moment right here and in the quietness of our own soul. In fact, let's stand together. Let's stand together. The posture Jesus had in that moment was it, it was it was that as he was standing. I understand he was nailed to a tree. So it, it wasn't like, like we're standing now. It was under immense pain. And even in that kind of pressure and in that kind of pain, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What if we could say that right now? Your hurt, your pain, your abuse, your abandonment. All over this room, your eyes closed. Would you just go to the Lord right now and just say, Father? Now listen, I don't want you to say it unless you mean it. What is it that you're harboring in your heart right now against somebody else? They've hurt you. They've wounded you. They were wrong. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. But they do know. No, no, no. They didn't know. They couldn't have known. They couldn't have known all the ways they hurt. 
Some of you are hung up right there. Well, I believe they did know. Forgive them anyway. Or allow them to be in control of your life from this day forward. Forgive them anyway. God, I choose to forgive. I choose to, to forgive them. God, help me to help me to let those things go. Help me to help me to let them subside. Let them move aside. God, I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with the memories any longer. I pray, Lord, that you would renew my mind. Let me escape the turmoil of the memories. That when I smell that smell, when I hear that song, when I go to that place, when I see that person. God, heal me today. Heal me today. If that's you all over this house, would you raise your hand? Come on, come on. God, heal me today. Heal me today. I have my hand up. You know why? Man, I got some wounds. God, heal me today. Not only will he heal you, he will replace some things in your life. All over this room, we just raise our hand and just say, God, heal me. Heal me right now. Come on, all over this house. God, heal the hidden wounds. Whatever it is in your life today, heal. God, heal me. I, I, I don't want you praying for your neighbor, right? I don't want you praying for you. God, heal the things. Heal the hidden wounds of my heart. Heal the things. And, and for those of you that don't raise your, that haven't raised your hands, listen, can I ask you to pray the same prayer? Because one thing I know is you may not be dealing with the effects of the wounding right now. But we've all had hidden wounds. God, I pray that the things of our past would not hinder us any longer. That we wouldn't concentrate on them, that we wouldn't recall them, that we wouldn't just deal and dwell on those things. But that God, you would heal us. That you would forgive that you would minister to those things in our life, that you would allow us, God, to reach into the lives of others and help them and care for them and not to tell them, I know how to do it. I've been there where you are. No, 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 we've not been where they've been. Their thing is unique to them. But God, we ask you to heal them and help us love them well in their journey of healing. Father God, we're so gracious to you today so honoring of your love your faithfulness in our lives that you would choose to heal us listen before we go I want to say this as well some of you this morning the greatest healing that you could receive is the healing of forgiveness Is, is the lordship of Jesus it's you turning the leadership of your life over to the one that can truly lead you. You'll never lead yourself where you need to go. You didn't create you, God created you. and He's the only one that can take you where he has for you. 
The Bible says that the kindness of God brings us to repentance. That the love of God, the expression of God, it brings us to his heart. Right now is the moment. Listen, if you're not living for the Lord Jesus, if you haven't given your life to him, would you choose to have him be the Lord and save your life right now? You would say, God, I give you my life. I want you to lead and direct everything and every part of me. Help me to submit to your desires for my life. If that's you, raise your hand all over this room. Come on, yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, hands going up all over the room. Can we pray together just a prayer of committal today? We're just going to, a salvation prayer. We're just say, God, come into my life and lead and direct. Would everybody pray with me today? Say, Heavenly Father, today, God, I choose to give you my life. Maybe the first time, maybe the 10,000th time, but today I'm choosing you again. Lead my life, forgive my sin, direct my path. I choose you. I believe you, that you were the son of God, that you went to the cross, that you rose again, and that right now you're praying for me. Help me, God, to live for you. Now heal me in the brokenness of my life. Let me forgive like I've been forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap all over this house today? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Now, God, we ask that you would take us from this place. Don't let us leave the church, but let us leave as the church. Going and doing, working, ministering, and loving people like you've loved us. Help us to see what you see. Help us to love like you love. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.